Um, we are slowly getting into uh, a series on the book of Luke, but before we get there, I wanted to talk to you about the events that happened right after the empty tomb. All right, this is one of my favorite stories to talk about after Easter because it deals with these two travelers who were the eyewitnesses of all the events that happened uh, in Jerusalem the week before, and now they're heading away. They're going back home. All of a sudden, they, they're, they're part of this movement. And then they see their friend dying on a cross. And they're disappointed. They're, they're disappointed at the outcome of what happened. And, and, and these guys may have even been disappointed with Jesus. I mean, I mean they liked this Jesus. They liked everything that he stood for, everything that he did. They really liked him. But in the end, Jesus didn't meet their expectations. And now they're confused. And now these guys are dejected. You ever been in that situation? Where, where you've seen Jesus do some pretty great things. Maybe, maybe you saw Jesus do something amazing in your own life. Maybe you saw Jesus do something amazing in somebody else's life. But for some reason, your expectations weren't met. And now you're a little confused. Now you're disillusioned. Now you're disappointed. And, that, and maybe you're in this place now where you're not sure how to pray. Maybe you're in a place where you're not even sure if you should pray. Maybe you're here this morning and you're wondering, you know, Jesus, I love you, I mean, but what about my healing? Well, Jesus, I gave my heart to you, but there's a whole lot of problems that are going on in my life right now. Jesus, I love you, but my kids... I mean, God, where are you in the midst of this trial? God, where are you in the midst of my circumstance? God, where are you in my boring, mundane, everyday life? God, where are you in the middle of my frustrations? God, where are you in my pain and my suffering? God, where are you in this marriage problem? God, where are you in the middle of this bankruptcy? God, where are you in all of this? If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 24? And we're going to read from verse 13 onwards. Luke 24, 13. And as you're turning there, I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about what the background of the story is. Just before his arrest, Jesus is inviting all of these people uh, to become a part of his kingdom, and he's pr promising them abundant life, and his followers are full of hope, and they're expecting that he would be their king, and Israel would be prosperous and free again, and after all, this Jesus is their savior, this Jesus is their Messiah, and then all of a sudden, on that Friday afternoon, the Son of God hangs cold on, a, on this cross. So after his death, the disciples are scared, and they're fearful, and they're confused, and, and they begin to run away. 
and they begin to scatter with no sense of mission and no sense of purpose. And now the Passover feast is over, and two of Jesus' followers decided to leave their dreams in Jerusalem, and they left to go home. And this is where we pick up the story. Verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked, they discussed these things with each other. And Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood there, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? Of all the people, right? And he, Jesus says, What things? And they go on to say, About Jesus of Nazareth, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God. And all of the people and the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's the third day since all of this took place. And in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in the morning, but they didn't find his body. And they came and they told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of our friends went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see Jesus. Jesus said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Didn't the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And so beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly and they said, stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in and he stayed with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. I want to ask you a question this morning. How is your faith today? Maybe that's a... a, a strange question to ask a group of people who came to worship Jesus this morning. But the fact is, is even, even those of us who come in here week after week can have moments of weakness in our faith. There are some times when we're so affected by all of the things that are going on around us, right? Like sickness and suffering and pain and maybe relationships that have gone wrong or and you turn on the news, and, and just last week, we just heard about persecution that happened around the world, and you hear about war and famine and death, and man, you begin to wonder, God, did you really mean it when you said that you would never leave us? 
I mean, sometimes there are things that go on in our lives, and sometimes we make that question, right? God, did you really mean it when you said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you? Because right now, I feel alone. In the middle of my trial, in the middle of my problem, in the middle of my circumstance, God, I I just feel alone. First thing that I want to talk to you about this morning is is the walk that these followers of Jesus took. I mean, here they are, after seeing some amazing things from Jesus, after hearing some amazing teaching from Jesus, from they've witnessed some amazing miracles. Just a week earlier, they may have seen his triumphant entry coming into Jerusalem, and the next thing they know, he's dead on a cross. And so they begin this journey of walking away from Jerusalem to Emmaus. See, to to the Jew, Jerusalem is this important place. To the Jew, Jerusalem is this place, it's this city of promise. It's this city of purpose. It's the city where you will find the presence of God. And these two are walking away. And they begin to take this journey away from Jerusalem towards Emmaus. And the meaning of Emmaus is obscure and a people despised. And so the picture that we have here is of these two guys who are walking away from purpose. Here are these two guys who, even though they're disappointed, they're walking away from the presence of God. They're walking away from mission. They're walking away from promise, and they're walking away, headed on a path, walking towards obscurity, and they're walking towards uncertainty. I mean, these two had all of these expectations on Jesus, but now they're disappointed in the outcome of who Jesus really is. There might be some people here today who maybe you're afraid to put your hope in Jesus. Because at this point in your life, you just can't handle another letdown. Is that you this morning? These two guys who are heading back to Emmaus, man, they just put up a wall. They they put up this wall of hopelessness around them, and they're, they're just trapped in their disappointment, and they're trapped in their misery. In verse 21, it says that, We had hoped that he was the one. And what they're saying is, we don't expect it now. At one point, we had this thing called hope, but now it's gone. I'm wondering if there's some of you here this morning who maybe you can identify with that. I mean, have have you lost hope in finding a life partner? Have you lost hope in getting out of that debt that you're in? 
Have you lost hope in seeing your kids come back to Jesus? Have you lost hope in seeing your spouse return to God? I mean, have you had a dream that you had hope for that's just absolutely crushed? Maybe you experienced something in your life where you feel like it's hard to hope for something again. And if that's you, then I want to ask you this question. Are you on the road to Emmaus? Are you on this path that's leading you away from the promises of God? I mean, have you put yourself on this path where where you are walking away from purpose and meaning in your life? I mean, are you on this path that is so dangerous where you're walking away from the presence of God? second thing that I want to talk to you about this morning is this conversation that's going on between these two travelers. These disappointed people, they desperately wanted to know why Jesus didn't meet their expectations. They began to ask some really tough questions to each other. I mean, was Jesus really who he said he is? Well, what are we going to do now? What does our future hold for us? I mean, did we, did we just believe a lie? Some of you may have those questions this morning. Jesus, are you really who you say you are? What, what does my future really hold? And in their disappointment, they start looking for answers. They wanted to understand what just happened, and so they're, they're searching between each other when all of a sudden this stranger approaches, and he asks them, what are you talking about? And the stranger, who we know is Jesus, they just begin to pour out their sad story to him. You know, you listen to something like this, and you think, man, if it was me, I, I would have been so irritated with these guys. But here's Jesus, and he deals with them like only he can. He deals with them with compassion and with some kindness. He doesn't get angry at them for their lack of faith. He doesn't chew them out because he's asking some tough questions. So Cleopas answers the stranger a little little sarcastically. He answers Jesus and he says, hey, listen, are you the only one who's living in New England who didn't know that the Pats came back from 28 to 3 in the third quarter to win in overtime? Like, are you the only one? Are you the only one in Jerusalem who didn't know what happened? And Jesus really innocently says, what things? And so the two travelers tell Jesus all of what had happened. And then they say, he was a prophet. He was powerful in word and in deed before God and all the people. They kept using this phrase, he was. He was, he was. And they just kept referring to Jesus in the past tense. See, at at that point in time, Jesus wasn't present reality 
to them. Their experience of Jesus was only in the past. But what about you this morning? Like, is Jesus a present reality for you? Do do you recognize him walking alongside of you as you're going to work? Do you recognize him? As As you're traveling to the grocery store, do you recognize him? As you're taking your kids and getting your kids ready for school, do you recognize him? When you're doing these boring, mundane tasks, like the laundry and the groceries and some cooking. I mean, do you recognize him there with you? Is Jesus a present reality for where you're at? Sometimes it's hard to recognize him. Our lives have so many distractions, don't they? Like work, running errands, and our kids, and It's easy for us to become unaware of his glory and his strength and his power and his presence that's made available to us. And for some of us here today, man, life has lost some of its purpose. And life has lost some meaning because certain expectations weren't met by Jesus. I want to tell you that just because these two followers don't recognize Jesus doesn't mean that he's not there. It didn't mean that Jesus was absent from their needs. It didn't mean that Jesus didn't care about the sorrow and their pain. He wasn't, he, he was deeply concerned with all of what they're going through. And this morning, just because you can't see him right now, it doesn't mean that he's not there for you. You hear what I'm saying? Just because you don't see him in the pain that you might be experiencing, it doesn't mean that he's not there for you. Just because you don't see him in the problem that you're dealing with, it doesn't mean that he's not there for you. Just because you don't recognize him in your situation, it doesn't mean that he's not concerned about all of these questions that you might have for him. And so I want you to know that Jesus is still there. See, Jesus is that unseen stranger, and he is walking alongside of you. He is listening to you, and if you are willing to hear his voice, he will reveal himself to you. So as these two begin to speak of the cross, Jesus begins to take hold of their confusion. And he begins to take hold of their doubts and take hold of their worries. And this is how he does that. This is what Luke says. He says, beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, Jesus explained to to them what was said in all of the scriptures concerning himself. There are some of you this morning who, you have all these questions about who Jesus is. And maybe you have questions about stuff that you're dealing with right now. And I want to ask you this question, are you searching the scripture? I mean, if you've been disappointed in Jesus, Jesus, and if you've been a person who's lost some hope and lost some faith, I want to ask you, 
Are you talking to him about your disappointments? Are you, are you talking to him about your worries? Are you talking to him about your anxieties? Are you searching the scripture to find the answers that you're looking for? Some of us are, are afraid of scripture. It's something that, that we're going to talk about in the next few weeks. I mean, how do I, how do I read the Bible? I mean, how do I stay consistent in my reading of Scripture? I mean, how do I search for the answers in Scripture? Some of us neglect Scripture because we know that maybe God might reveal some sins in our lives. I want to read to you uh, something that, that came to us this morning. Somebody received this prophetic word who had no clue about what I was talking about today, and they wrote it down and, and sent it to me. And it says this, my dear children, let my word wash you daily. Let my word wash you of the world's contaminations, because you are in the world attitudes and lies of the world confront you throughout your waking hours so be sure to wash with the living water of the word. Be refreshed, be empowered to resist the ways of the, world, of the world. Wash yourself with the living water of the word. Time is short. Time is short. And this morning I'm going to ask Tim to come forward. The last thing that I want to talk to you about this morning is, is this dinner that these travelers have with Jesus. You remember earlier in that section, Luke tells us that these two travelers were kept from recognizing who Jesus was. But they invited the stranger to stay the night. And Jesus accepts their offer and he begins to break bread with them. I want to ask you today, have you invited Jesus into your life? I mean, have you invited Jesus into your home? Have you invited Jesus into every area of your life? If you haven't begun your relationship with God, I mean, you're just going to continue struggling for answers. If you've never invited Jesus into your life and into your home and into your family, you're going to continue to struggle for peace. And you're going to continue to struggle for purpose and meaning in your life. But today, if you invite the resurrected Jesus into your life, he will help you in life's journey. He will help you in your marriage. I mean, he will give you the peace that some of you are just longing for. He will give you the strength that you will need, and he will bring you purpose and meaning. Amen. You know, Luke, Luke goes on to, tells us, to tell us that Jesus took bread, and he broke it, and he gave thanks. And all of a sudden, their eyes are open. And all of a sudden, they recognize who Jesus is. All of a sudden, they know and they see Jesus in the midst of them. And Jesus disappears. 
And our story ends with these two people running back to Jerusalem to tell all of his friends what just happened. I want to tell you this morning that God's ways aren't always obvious to us. I don't always understand why we go through the things that we go through. I don't always understand why we experience pain. I don't always understand why we experience hardship. I don't always understand why our prayers aren't answered the way that we expect them. But I can tell you this, surrender your expectations to him. Surrender your expectations to him and allow his will to be done in your life. And if we can do that, your life will never be the same again. So put your trust in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord, even when you can't see it. Even in those tough, difficult times, put your confidence in Jesus. His timing is always perfect. He didn't allow these two guys to recognize Jesus until the time was right. With your eyes closed and your heads bowed this morning, I'm going to ask our prayer team if you would come forward. The last thing that I want to tell you today is just like these two that are on the road to Emmaus, you are not alone. I want to remind you this morning that God is with you. He's with you in your difficulties. He's with you in the everyday, mundane parts of your day. He is working and moving behind the scenes. He is trying to reveal understanding to you through the scripture. He has never left you. He will never forsake you. He's been here all along, but are you able to see him? This morning, if you've never invited Jesus into your heart and into your life, and that's a decision that you want to make. I'm just going to ask that you say this and you pray this prayer in your heart this morning. Lord Jesus, I need you. And I am humbly calling out to you. I am tired of doing things my own way. Help me to start doing things your way. I believe that you died and rose again for me. Jesus, would you forgive all of my sins? I invite you into my life to be the Lord and Savior. Fill the emptiness in me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, help me to trust you. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.